Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors live live and now recorded as a podcast so I hope people are enjoying this or at least my coaches are finding it easier to listen to which to be honest was the main reason that it's now recorded as a podcast um I have a few things to say today so first of all an interesting thought that I was discussing with someone and it was because they were saying do I give the context of this I don't really know if it's useful or important but anyway they were talking about how they knew two people, I'm going to keep this anonymous, who have like quite a big age gap between them as a couple. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, when you're 21, you don't really know yourself. But then when you're, you're kind of 30, like you change less after that time and you know yourself a little bit more. And this is quite interesting. And it's known as the end of history illusion. And it is, I'm going to read out the Wikipedia definition. It is the psychological illusion in which individuals of all ages believe that they have experienced significant personal growth and changes in taste up to the present moment, but will not substantially grow or mature in the future. Despite recognizing that their perceptions have evolved, individuals predict that their perceptions will remain roughly the same in the future. And I think it's quite interesting, like I was thinking about it in terms of you see it in both like personal growth. Like if you look back and think how much you've changed in the last five years and then think how much do you think you will change in the next five years? Most people predict that they will change less in the next five years than they will in the previous five years. Like, oh yeah, I've learned so much in the last five years. I'm not the same person at all. Like this, this, this has happened to me. I went through a pandemic I started, I don't know, therapy. I'm just talking about my own life now. Anyway, then you think, well, in the next five years, no, not much is going to change because actually I'm basically the finished product now. And you never are. And the same is true with coaching, I think. No matter what point of coaching I'm at, I'm, and, and I guess this is a good thing to think, right? But I normally think, yeah, I mean, I've learned quite a lot by this stage. I don't imagine in the next five years, I will change my coaching that much. And then I look back at what I was doing five years ago and I'm like, oh, well, good thing I've changed my coaching a fair bit since then and I'm sure when I look back in five years again I'll be like oh I don't actually agree with it's less the specific things I was doing like I definitely look back on things I was doing five years ago and I'm like yeah like you're not doing anything wrong it's just more where you're putting your focus and I would say for me the biggest change was five years ago was very much like the, the practicality side was what I thought was important. Oh, I need to know the exact calories someone should be in. I need to know the exact workouts they're doing. Like these things are the most important. And now I'm like, almost irrelevant. Like behavior change is 90% of successful dieting. What to do is just the bare minimum. And sometimes I think that's partly because now I'm very clear on what to do. That seems so simple. And for some people, it's obviously not that simple and I'm more like I I kind of I'm closer to the way of thinking of most people know what to do they're just not doing it consistently and that's your job as a coach is to get people to do what they know they should be doing consistently okay and then the second thing I was going to say today 
is a lesson from my own business and something that I've just changed with one-to-one clients. And I will probably add in to AFM as people sign up. And at some point with group coaching, I'm just figuring out exactly how to do that. And that is to get people to sign a contract. Now, I don't mean that this contract is like applicable in the court of law or anything, but I think it just sets really nice, clear expectations from the start. Now, I already have, I had a section with my one-to-one clients of like, this is what I expect of you, check-ins on time, to put in the effort, to reach out when you're struggling, like all all the things I expect of clients, but they didn't have to sign it. That It was just like, oh, well, if you reply to this, you kind of agree with, with these things that I'm asking you to do. I think there's something a little different about I need you to sign this to say that you are ready to do these things to to get results. And it might be something. um, I mean, I I think this is important for both sides. It it makes the clients assess so that they know what they need to do to get results. And it will also mean that they get better results because they're then ready to do those things. And it will whittle out people who are not ready. If someone's like, I actually don't know if I could commit to that, fine, maybe they're not ready to do it. And depending on your client base and depending on their goals, what you write here will be slightly different. But something generic that I might put for AFM and I'd maybe tweak it slightly to certain individuals, depending on where they are in their coaching journey and where their business is at. But it might be something as simple as I need you to commit to doing the weekly check-in. I need you to commit to asking questions. I need you to commit to making sure that you watch the live back, even if you miss it. I need you to commit to booking your own accountability call every single month, because I'm not going to chase you up that. I am your mentor. I'm not a P, like, I'm not a PA. You have to do the, like, put in the effort to go and freaking book a call. If you can't do that, you can't run a business. Like, it's as simple as that. So setting these clear expectations and kind of pushing people a little bit as well. Like, I expect you to find time to invest in your business because if you don't, you will not get results. And if you're not prepared to do that, I don't want to work with you because you will not get results. And that that's like as simple as it is. And then you weed out people who aren't ready to do that, who aren't ready to commit to that. Yeah. Um, so that was something that I added into my own business. And then finally, before I go on to the questions, I have a bit of a tip for you that I've spoken about many times before, but I think is so, so important And that is the importance of being unique and different and making sure that you are portraying that in your coaching and in your marketing and in just the way that you run your business. If you are not different, if you are not specific, if you don't have a niche, if you do not define what that is, then you're essentially saying, I am a personal trainer, just like any other personal trainer you could go with anyone so you may as well go with me like that's what you're saying is that appealing no not at all no one picks that person you're essentially saying you could go with anyone it could be me why especially online like that marketing and unfortunately I think this is why people still kind of go with that sometimes but that marketing works in a gym because there isn't that many you know maybe you've got a board of 10 personal trainers and actually someone wants to work with a girl and there's only out of the 10 four of them are girls so you whittle down to four and you're a PT great so you've got a one in four chance already of being picked and then they just kind of like your I don't know maybe you were first on the board or they like the t-shirt that you're wearing so they pick you right you, you're literally like I'm a personal trainer I work at this gym 
bam, that's enough. Now, instead of one in four chance, you've got like a one in 4 million chance. Like how many personal trainers are there on Instagram? A lot. I actually don't know how big numbers are. So I can't don't think I can really comprehend what, like, I don't know if there's 4 million. I don't know if that's a lot or not. I was thinking about this with my flatmate the other day and I was like, I don't actually think I understand what a billion, we were talking about Jeff Bezos, I think. And I was like, I don't think I know what a billion is. Like it's a hundred million. And a million is, a, is also a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. Like when the numbers get that big, I don't really understand. Um, anyway, there's a lot of personal trainers on the internet. So you can't use that same kind of like, I'm just a personal trainer. Why don't you pick me? This is why I get confused when people use like the very limited space for link in bio and they put in qualified personal trainer like no no it needs to be something a little bit more specific like it should be actually write notes on this who you are no sorry it should be who you help and how you help them then what makes you unique then maybe some proof of that and then a call to action so it might be something like mine might be fat loss for people who feel like they have been constantly dieting and then something that makes me unique, not just diet and exercise, but I focus on mindset as well. And the proof might be I've coached thousands of people and I have 10 years experience doing this. Like if you struggle with fat loss, I already know, like, like I've, I've been there and I've done it thousands and thousands of times. And then the call to action might just be follow me for tips, like follow me for tips on losing weight. Like it doesn't have to be sign up to coaching right here. It could just be because really what you're doing with the bio isn't sign up for coaching it's like you want people to follow you and then once they follow you and they know you and they like you and they trust you then they might convert into actually buying so that might be like a good setup and that portray like that shows what makes you different why am I working with you not anyone else who's got ESG PT in their bio or such and such PT in their bio so have a little think about that um and now I will get on to the questions so Grace. Hi, Emma Story Gordon. That's me. Um, I had the idea to contact local sports teams such as my tag rugby teams, ladies rugby teams, football teams, tennis clubs, etc. and offer a free injury prevention and strength session. But you suggested a seminar would be better than doing a, three, a free taster session. I'm not sure how to go about this. What would you recommend? Do you think it should be paid, even if a small amount? Also, were you thinking online or in person? Okay. Lots of questions here. So first of all, I want to kind of like take a step back. Are you trying to get these clients as online clients? Because if you are, then you need to think about what you're offering them. And do most of your online clients want injury prevention and strength training? Because if they do, then maybe that is a good thing to do. The reason I wouldn't make it too practical is because if they're seeing the value in you being there, and showing them how to do a strength workout and you taking them through a session and then you're like here's an online plan they might be a bit like oh I, I would pay for you to come here and coach me because that's what you've shown me and that's what I enjoyed in my taster session but I don't really I don't know what online is you haven't shown me that at all so that's why I was saying something like a seminar might work better when you you could use examples of this is a girl I've worked with online for X amount of time. This is what we did. This was her problem coming in. 
this is how we change these things and this is like this is what um the result is now and then you can be like here are some common struggles that I see with I don't know rugby athletes and here's how or whatever sports team you're you're looking at and and here's some like value you're giving them value here's how you can use x y and z for injury prevention and here's blah 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 for for strength training and then maybe you're kind of as you're giving value also showing the value of online coaching as well like how they can implement these things or how you can help them implement these things if you go in and give them something which is great and they might just get to know you and like your personality and you're in front of them so then they follow you and stuff that might be great but you are showing them something and then trying to sell them something completely different that was that was my um concern with that a little bit and then recharging you say a year ago I did an injury prevention class for tag rugby and charged 10 pounds per person and got 12 people um out of it and after a few months I got three or four programming clients that have now been working with me for a year I mean so that's great and it's obvious that this works which means you should go and put the effort into doing these things more frequently there isn't a right or wrong thing here so I'm just going to give you like my thoughts on this as usual you'll have to make up your mind right I don't know the exact numbers but if for example it was the difference between 12 people coming and paying 10 pounds or 24 people coming and not paying but that meaning that down the line you get the same percentage of sign up so let's say you got 25 percent of sign ups like it's it's going to be more financially um better's not the right uh uh rewarding yeah more financially rewarding if you get in more people without them paying and then get signups from that versus, you know, you get like the immediate reward of, I don't know, whatever it is, 120 pounds for getting 12 people in. But actually, if you think long-term, it's going to be far better if you have 24 people and actually 25% of them end up signing up as opposed to 12 people and 25% of them end up signing up. So you're going to get double the signups potentially if you're not charging. Now this would only obviously work if more people come when it's free, which you would assume they probably would. Um, and obviously you potentially have a little bit more of a captive audience if people have paid. But I think if you can get in more people, and this is a bit of trial and error, right? Do one for free, see if you get in more people. If you do, great. If, if the same numbers come, then hey, maybe you do charge because that's extra money in your pocket. So I would have a lot to think about that. If you think you can get a bigger audience, then it's probably worth, well, I would say it certainly is worth doing it for free. Okay, Glenn. Hi, just a quick question regarding when to offer free content. I'm just creating a week-long basic pro, uh, guidance. So I'll have three or four gym or home workouts, a basic step guidance, and some tips on how to get enough protein into meals. As I am just starting and trying to get followers and leads, would you wait until I have a few more followers to offer free content or attach it to my link free link free link tree post it on my Instagram now and then repost regularly as followers increase hope this makes sense oh and apologies not made a mastermind yet I am in work when they are on so I'm catching up with them in the evening or the day after no problem and make sure that you are putting any questions you have at all on this thread so this is a really good question 
And the answer is no, don't wait. Because why are people going to follow you if you're not putting out free content? You can't expect people to just come for no reason. If someone finds your page and then they're like, oh, look, he's offering this, like, this is actually really useful. I'm going to follow this for the week. They're much more likely to follow you rather than just flick off your page. If you're like, I'm going to wait until I get followers to start posting free content, like free useful content, you're never going to get followers. You have to start posting the free useful content and then the followers will come. So absolutely post it now. And as you're saying, in not quite these words, but it's evergreen content that will be useful when you have a thousand followers or 10,000 followers or a hundred followers or a thousand followers. Like it doesn't matter. It's still useful and it's still going to be useful in a year's time. Like the same principles of getting in your workouts, getting in your protein, hitting your steps, a couple of tips, like those same principles will still be useful. So I would absolutely do it now. Um, the other thing I would say is that with free lead gen, what's often missing, and this is hard when something is free, is the accountability. Like that can be a little bit flat. So you could even turn it into like a bit of an email sequence or something. So maybe they're getting um, an email every single day for a week. And it could just be like... <laughs> a little choosy motivational quote or like you giving them some motivation and then also giving them a tip and then you know maybe giving them like a google form to fill out so like oh did you hit your step target today what steps did you get was it more than yesterday okay great job that kind of thing that you can all you could automate all of this and that might keep them a little bit more engaged rather than because I know that sometimes people can put quite a lot of effort into free stuff that falls a bit flat because there isn't the accountability aspect there and I've done this before as well. And it's often whenever I do something like you're talking about, like a free kind of week long thing, I'll usually do it alongside a free Facebook group. So there's that kind of element of community and there's the kind of scarcity of it's this week. We're starting this day. It's for this amount of time. We're doing it all together instead of you can do it whenever you want. You might like no one's here to see if you're sticking to it or not. And then like people get one or two days in and they don't they don't end up following up and the interesting thing here is those are the people who need coaches and actually the people who are like oh free seven day guide oh I'll just do it and they do it and they get really good results they actually don't really need coaches so I have people all the time that that are like I listen to all of your podcasts and I'm really sorry that I've never signed up for coaching but by the way I've lost 10 pounds and I'm like doesn't actually sound like you really need that much support so if you're getting on all right like that's freaking great and I would never worry about this like I think a lot of coaches are like all right but then like what I need I need to run a business as well there will always be a high enough percentage of people that do need coaching or that would benefit from coaching in comparison to the ones that can just like take in information and action it themselves they're actually quite few and far between um so yes, that that is what I would suggest doing. I think it's a great thing to start doing and I would absolutely start it now. And also when you've got more time as well. The other thing I was going to add, and I'm glad that you're like, I'm going to put this in my link tree. It's going to be an evergreen thing because obviously you, with something like that, you've put in quite a lot of time and effort into it. And annoyingly, and I feel like this has become more and more apparent on Instagram especially I would stop putting as much effort into your posts 
like the posts that do really well are so simple are not particularly useful are not groundbreaking they're not like you know if you're spending like 30 minutes on an Instagram post that I mean unless you're also going to make that a podcast and a blog and like maybe it's a lead gen thing that you can then use again and again and again I wouldn't be wasting that much time like make it really really simple keep it simple because people are literally like scrolling they're I would say they're I was going to say their um attention span is like two seconds it's not it's like half a second it's not it's like not even that you have to catch people's attention so 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 quickly and you only have it for a short amount of time so if you if you're putting in loads of effort into writing really long captions or even doing really long reels that are like trying to explain quite a concept like a complicated concept stop doing it like it's it's not going to get people in and I'm not saying stop doing that stop trying to educate people I am saying don't do that on Instagram take them somewhere else so if you're like, I want to do a really good blog on how to actually set up your diet for success, go and do the blog and sure, like push people to it on numerous posts on Instagram. You might be like one top tip for, for success. And then you might be like, I've written a whole blog on, you know, I've written a whole 10 tips on how to do this. It's over at my blog. Then people can be like, oh, I like that tip. I'll maybe go over there. If you do the 10 tips, like no one's reading that shit. And then it's gone off people's timelines and maybe someone saves it, but they never go back and read it. Like you're wasting a lot of time doing that. So I would try and keep things much shorter on Instagram, snappy tips, and then take them off Instagram. If you want to really explain something for me, it's the podcast for other people. It might be written content, might be videos somewhere else. It might be like that you've got a YouTube channel. It might be that you write on medium or like a free blog site, or you've got it on your website or it's your email list. Like it could be, but, Instagram for having people's attentions for long periods of time you're probably wasting your time and I say that as someone who absolutely hates that fact because I like doing like really interesting things I like talking about things in detail and I like having all the caveats and I like giving more than like one quick tip but realistically you have to play the game a bit and you'll waste a lot of time and energy and you'll get frustrated at it and resent it if you're like oh yeah I'm doing this whole like fully um holistic approach to how you can get results on your diet and I'm going to give everyone everything and all these tools and blah it doesn't work on Instagram so just remember that people's attention spans are small you just want to attract their attention you want to give value but then really if you want to give a lot of value you want to move them off Instagram to wherever that is for you okay um what do you do what what do you what do you do to manage? I don't know why that struggle I struggle to read that so much. What do you do to manage times of anxiety and stress? Good question. And I think this is quite personal, but for me personally, writing things down, if you can see my excessive notes here, writing things down helps so much. Planning things out helps so much. Prioritizing, and I can't emphasize this enough, like prioritize your priorities as well like you might have a lot of things like these are a priority okay well those need to be prioritized as well like what needs to get done today what is the most important thing remember the 80 20 principle because it's almost always true you're going to get 80 percent of your results from the 20 percent of work that you're doing identify that especially at times when you're feeling stressed when you're like oh my god there's so much to do i don't know where to start 
where to start is to take a second and not do anything get a piece of paper and a pen and be like what's the most important thing and sometimes even going back and reminding yourself of your end goal because you can easily get distracted in the immediacy of things and like oh I need to do this this and this and maybe there's personal life things coming in as well and then it's like I need to do this by this date and it's actually some of this you don't need to do you can say no to it and you can be like I'm not even going to do that I'm going to focus on what needs to be done this week and actually I had a bit of a week like that last week where my priorities were shifted a little bit because I had family things going on and I had a lot of travel and I was like I'm not going to post on social media unless I happen to have extra time and something to say but I'm going to put zero pressure on myself to do that I'm not going to do any lives but I am going to make sure that I have a podcast coming out on Monday because that's the most important thing to me for me for my business that's where I have like that's the 20% of work that gives me the 80% of results so that's what I need to focus on and the rest for now fine like I'll cruise along I won't be growing but I'll cruise along for for like and you know it was a four-day period not a big deal at all um so I would just I would just do that and and then it will just take so much pressure off yourself and you might actually find (laughs) that you get just as much done it's just you've taken the pressure off so when you say do you know what this is going to be a minimum week for me and Grace, it's the same as what you would tell your clients, right? If they were like, I'm so stressed, I've got so much to do. I don't know if I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get all these steps in and all these workouts in. You'd be like, okay, this week, your focus is two workouts. And you're going to hit a step goal of 8,000 8, instead of 10,000. And you're not going to track nutrition, but instead you're going to make sure that your breakfast and lunch is, is at, like you, you're going to have a set breakfast and lunch. And you're just going to make sure you eat well the rest of the day, the rest of the day and be mindful and reduce your snacking. And then it's like, okay, right, fine. And then they find actually I did get four workouts in anyway. I just took the pressure off myself. And most days I did hit 10,000 steps, but knowing that I didn't have to that week and I took the pressure off myself was really useful. So same with your business. What needs to be done this week? You might have a week where you cruise instead of like push and that's fine and that's normal. Okay, I hope that was useful this week. I will see everyone on Thursday for Masterminds and I hope that no one has melted.